Blog Talk Radio. Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Michael Cutler Hour. I am your host, Michael Cutler. It is July the 3rd, 2020, one day from the 4th of July when we celebrate America's independence, independence from England, independence from tyranny, and certainly um, it's a holiday that we should all as Americans unite to celebrate with great enthusiasm. Um, We're living through a very difficult era undoubtedly one of the most difficult perhaps since uh, the Second World War or since what we experienced in the wake of the terror attacks of September 11, 2001. Kind of a a double or maybe a triple whammy, starting, of course, with the coronavirus, then the horrific death of George Floyd, the demonstrations that followed. Demonstrations are fine. I am one of the biggest supporters of the First Amendment. My degree was in communications, arts, and sciences. Uh, I jokingly call it my BA in BS, but it hardly is BS. I was going to teach debate on the college level, debate that no longer is welcome on the campuses. We are losing our freedom of speech. People across America are being intimidated. Wear a hat that has the slogan, Make America Great Again, or just the initials, M-A-G-A, and some nincompoop might come over and try to slap you for wearing that hat. I don't agree with everybody in America, but I agree with everyone's right to articulate their position even when I disagree. What's that great expression? I disagree with what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. Unfortunately, You have a new generation of kids, a bunch of snowflakes. Many of them never had to play competitively. They played games where there was no winner and no loser. It's kind of like how communism works when you think about it. Um, Communism is a brilliant idea in theory. In theory, it's wonderful. Lots of great ideas work perfectly in theory. Just don't introduce the ideas to the real world. So let's understand something. If you have a pet dog or a horse or any animal that you train, that animal is a capitalist. That animal needs to be motivated to do what you want. And how do you motivate the animal? Well, you don't give them a paycheck, obviously, but you give them a reward. I don't care if it's rubbing their belly or giving them uh, you know, a, a, a treat, something to eat. Or, or you play with them, um, dogs that are used to sniff out narcotics and, and uh, police dogs that go after the bad guys, they don't give them food as a reward. They'll use a pull toy, and when they do the right thing, they get that pull toy, so they have that positive feedback from their handler, positive feedback. When you work your tail off at work and you accomplish what needs to be done, and your boss comes up and pats you on the back, and maybe come Christmas or Hanukkah, whatever holiday you celebrate, they put a little something extra in that envelope for you. 
you're motivated to go out and do a better job next time because you understand that you're being rewarded for your efforts. Under communism, it's all according to his needs, from each according to his ability to each according to his needs. Baloney, it doesn't work. There used to be, uh, in Russia, collective farms. They called them the kolhots. When I went to college and high school, we studied this. I doubt they're studying anything of consequence today. The whole idea to the kolhots was it was a collective farm. They gave 10 acres of land to the farmers, and that was for the state. Whatever they produced on those 10 acres was taken away as soon as the crops um, were, were you know, taken off the field, as soon as they harvested them. One acre was given to the farmer to feed himself and his family. The incredible thing is, invariably, that one acre outproduced the 10 acres. That's why communism doesn't work. As soon as the farmer said, oh, this is mine, wow, I better really take care of it. Of course, if they were smart, they would have given them 11 acres and just said, we'll give you 10% of whatever is harvested. But no one ever said that they were smart. Point that I'm making. People need to be rewarded. People want freedom. There's a wonderful movie that everyone should see. It's called Amistad. There's two really good movies by Spielberg. Uh, and I don't like the politics of Hollywood. Let me be very clear about it. But there are some films that are worth watching. One is Amistad. One is Schindler's List. Those of you familiar with me know that I'm Jewish, that I lost a good percentage of my family to the Holocaust including my grandmother, whom I was named, my mother's mother, who died in Poland because she was unable to get out of Poland. Fortunately, my mother came to America. So in a very real sense, I owe America everything. If my mother couldn't have come to America, if America didn't open its arms to my mom, she would not have survived the Holocaust. I wouldn't have been born. My children would not have been born. My grandchildren would not have been born. I owe America everything. What I do to support America is an act of love, love for a country that has given so much to the world. Is it a perfect country? Absolutely not. Nobody is perfect. No countries are perfect. But you know what? I will put America's history and background up against any other country. In the past, we did some very wrong and stupid things. I was just watching in the news uh, the story about uh, one of the surviving members of the Tuskegee Airmen, uh, please look that up, by the way. Tuskegee Airmen was an all-black division in the U.S. Army Air Corps, became the Air Force. Um, and they had a fight to be able to defend America. Not fight to defend America, but had to fight to be able to fight to defend America because you had enough nincompoops, idiots, imbeciles, jerks, who said, oh, they're black. They can't be taught to fly airplanes. I had the privilege of working with the Tuskegee Airmen um, working for him at Brooklyn College when I worked in the photo lab. And it was a privilege to work with him. I had no idea that he'd been a fighter pilot. And one day while we had lunch, I sat down and told him about my love of aviation, how I had gotten letters from the astronauts, Alan Shepard and Gus Grissom, uh, and that I had planned to take some flying lessons. And that's when I found out that he was a Tuskegee Airman. And to be honest, I knew nothing about them. And he sat me down and gave me a whole background about what they went through so that they could put their lives on the line to defend our, our country. And I said, didn't it make you angry that people could be that stupid? He said, Mike, look at the Holocaust. How many Jews were killed because of your religion? Is that any better? He said, people can be stupid and ignorant. He said, you know what? I feel bad for them that they could be that ignorant. 
What a gracious human being. What an incredible role model. His name was George Bing, and I always remember George. He was one of the most amazing people I ever had the privilege of knowing, and working for him was a delight. He was the fairest, most reasonable, decent, and professional man. Uh, He's in the top ten of the people that I've known in my lifetime. This nonsense about looking at someone and making a decision about whether you like them or don't like them because of their religion or their race, or it's, it's nuts. We're entitled to dislike people. I told my kids growing up, you can dislike anybody you want to dislike, but it has to be because of something that they do as a person, not because they're part of a bigger group. There's no such thing as a wrong religion. There is no such thing as a wrong skin color or a wrong ethnicity. We're all God's children. Now, if somebody is a liar, if somebody starts fights, if someone steals your belongings, you have every right to dislike them and stay away from them. You don't need that nonsense. But don't come to me and say, oh, I don't like Charlie because he's the wrong religion or the wrong skin. No, we have no control over being born at all. We certainly have no control over what we look like or what family we're born into and what religion they observe or don't observe, perhaps. You don't have to be religious in Mike Cutler world to be a decent person. If you are religious, that's fine. If you're not religious, that's also okay. What kind of person are you as a human being? That's all that I want to know, period. That's all anybody should want to know. Watching Schindler's List was really tough. I caught myself a couple of times almost thinking that maybe I could spot my grandmother because part of the movie took place in Poland, and I'm thinking, gee whiz. I, 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 you know, and then you, you realize, you have to, you know, reality check. It's a movie. This isn't real. It's a movie. It was that realistic. Uh, it rattled me. I, I can't bear to watch it again. Once was enough, but it was important. So put that on the list of movies that you have to see. And the other one was Amistad, about how slaves were brought to the United States and they were looking for their freedom. And Anthony Hopkins is in a really great movie. It's about freedom. It's about freedom. Tomorrow we celebrate America's birthday, America's freedom. And we as Americans need to cherish that freedom and push back hard, and I mean really hard, not violently, but with all of our wits and all of our resources and all of our efforts, we need to push back clearly and loudly against anyone who would deprive us our independence and our freedom. Period. End of sentence. Full stop. Tyranny is not going to work. And that's what these nitwits that are out there demanding are demanding. Tyranny, totalitarianism, our way or the highway. And these were kids who were probably misraised by parents who wanted to be their friends instead of wanting to be their parents. My children are adults now, and they are my best friends. I have four best friends, and I'm the luckiest man in the universe. I live for them and for my grandchildren. But when they were growing up, they would have told you I was the biggest pain in the uh, <clears throat> neck, if you will, because my job was to be a father, not a friend. When they became adults, I didn't need to raise them any longer. That's when the relationship evolves. A 13-year-old needs a parent that looks out for them and knows how to tell them no. They have to learn how to deal with disappointment and accountability and honesty and integrity. 
I don't care who you are or what you do for a living. If you lack integrity, if you lack morality, if you lack decency, I don't care if you're a billionaire. You're worthless. You're less than worthless. Uh, I, I look at this whole business with Epstein. All the money he had, the degenerate life that he lived, the damage he did to those young girls, and our so-called leaders that were hanging out with him, a bunch of degenerates. We somehow seem to value people who have wealth. To me, real wealth is the quality of a person's soul. Are they honest? Are they trustworthy? Do they have integrity? Do they look out for their friends? Are they good parents? That's what makes you rich. Not the size of your bank account or the size of your mansion or how many airplanes or yachts or or, or Ferraris you own. I was watching Hannity earlier this week, and it it brought me and it brought my wife to tears to watch Hannity. Uh, And I believe I, I mentioned the murder of that young man in Seattle not long ago. And the the Seattle Times on June 22nd ran an article, and the title was Teen Who Died in Chop. That was that idiotic encampment that was supposed to be the summer of love that turned into a a week or two of violence, extreme violence, shootings and rapes and robberies, and the cops couldn't even get in there to help the victims. And, And this young man, 19 years old, as it turned out, was a special needs person. And my youngest son has a form of autism. He's now an engineer because of the brilliant work of his teachers, and he just worked his tail off. I call him my mountain climber. He lets nothing get in his way. If he has a goal, by God, don't get between him and his goal because he'll go over you, around you, or through you, but nothing is going to stop him. He's my hero. All of my kids are, but to see what he overcame. And, and so when I see this story about a young man who was special needs and was gunned down. His father came on Hannity. And when he spoke, you could tell he didn't have much in the way of education, perhaps. But what you heard in this man's voice, and his, he actually broke down and cried on the set. And Hannity did something amazing. He gave him a solid 20 minutes. No commercials, no interruptions, no nothing. Offered to try to give him financial help if he needed it. It was very emotional watching. I hope he's posted it on his website. I don't know. I didn't look. You should check it out because it, it was really tough to watch but important to watch. And he talked about how this was his son, that he's dead. And what does this have to do with fighting police brutality to create this zone that never should have been created? It's hard for me to even talk about it because I'm, I'm starting to get that feeling that I, I'm getting teary-eyed just thinking about it because I'm a father. And my children are my whole universe to me. And this guy lost his son because of ballless, immoral mayor who allowed this to happen, wouldn't let the police in. Oh, let them do what they want to do. Well, the imbecile mayor in New York now is doing the same thing in lower Manhattan, screwing up everything right next to the Brooklyn Bridge. They're making demands, and the politicians, like little puppets, are saying, okay, what do you want? We'll do it. What do you want? We'll do it. If you're running in front of a train, you're not leading the goddamn train. You're running for your life. These politicians are ballless, lack morals, lack scruples, and probably most of them couldn't hold down a real job if their lives depended on it. 
You've got thugs demanding no police, and they just cut a billion dollars, roughly one-sixth of the budget for the New York City Police Department. And the shootings are through the roof, through the roof. We had this garbage go on in New York City under Dinkins. Basically, Times Square, which is now the crossroads of the world, and they cleaned it up, was the place where you went to see one peep show and strip show and the hookers were out on the street and the pimps were out on the street and people were getting mugged and hit over the head and were rapidly hurtling back to those bad old days. We don't have the peep shows, but the thugs are out there and we're having shootings every hour on the hour throughout New York City. They don't want you to get a carry permit unless you're a retired law enforcement. As a civilian, try to get a permit Lots of luck. You have a better chance of getting a winning lottery ticket. But don't worry. The crooks have guns. Maybe you can get the guns away from the crooks and use it for yourself. Well, wait a moment. You don't have a criminal history. They'll probably put you in jail, but the criminals are being let out of jail. And they're plying their trades on the streets of New York, and most of the people are being shot. Pick up the newspapers. Turn on the radio. Being shot. But don't worry. We're going to keep the city safe, even though we just cut a billion dollars out of the budget, even though they ended the anti-crime unit, the plainclothes division. I worked with them. Back in 1975, when I became an INS special agent, we worked very closely with the New York City Police Department. We used to go out with public morals and raid the houses of prostitution and the illegal gambling joints. And we would take the illegal aliens. They would take the criminals. We would lodge detainers. And after these guys got out of jail or these women got out of jail, we would deport them. And everybody was happy. It made sense. It was rational. No more. There's nothing rational about anything anymore, and that's because our politicians are crooks. That's why they want to get rid of the police. It's the only conclusion I could come to. I mean, think about this. If you're a law-abiding citizen, you see a police officer, it's kind of reassuring. I've I've gone out walking my dog at night, and I remember one night I was at the park about five blocks from my house, and I carry, you know, retired federal agent. The cops didn't know. They saw an older guy walking his dog. So they, you know, tapped the horn. They turned around. The officer said to me, you're going to be out for a while? I said, yeah, I'm letting my dog, you know, do what he, what he, what she likes to do. And he said, that's great. And um, he said, if you, if you like, we'll just follow along. It was 2 o'clock in the morning. He said, there's nothing really going on. We're happy to uh, to protect you. So I walked over to the car and told him, you know, I worked law enforcement and so forth. We had a very nice conversation. And he said, all right, go walk your dog. So for the next 20 minutes, this police car followed me very slowly as I walked my dog in the park. How cool is that? It was reassuring. It was a nice thing to see. The cops are there to help us. Your car breaks down, the cops will help you. My son had a problem with his car police car pulled up all they asked to see was his registration to make sure he was stripping the car he had just gotten a new a new honda at the time a honda civic sport model and the cops got some tools out and helped him because he had hit something and it, and it you know something got loose under the car so here were these cops on duty helping my son and my son told me about it afterwards that's how we see the police they're there to help us i was raised to believe they're your friends the kids today are being raised that the cops are the enemy so you're going to try to de-escalate when you've got people scared to death that if a police car is behind you, it's not going to end well? Now, have I encountered some dumb cops? Yes, I had a cop pull a gun on me. I mean, crazy stuff has happened, and I'm not a black guy. 
stupid cop. Are there stupid cops? Sure there are. Not many, but there's a few. Are there stupid judges? Oh, my goodness. Are there stupid teachers? Wow. Are there bad doctors? Of course. If you read my latest article for Front Page Magazine, in 2017, more than 250,000 people died because of medical malpractice. Lots of stupid doctors and medical technicians out there. 250,000 deaths because of bad doctors. So every profession has round pegs and square holes. It happens. Goodness. The cops are there to help us and to keep us safe. Why would the politicians want to get rid of the cops? Now, I mean, just stop and think about this. Police officers are law enforcement officers. Politicians, as a legislator, create laws. Laws don't enforce themselves. If you don't have law enforcement officers, those laws are worthless and meaningless. Think about that. Nature's laws are immutable. The speed of light is not determined by somebody in a a uniform with a badge, a radar gun, and a summons book. But you can put up all the speed signs you want, but if you don't have cops out there enforcing the law, people are going to speed, and then you're going to have accidents. Why would a politician who writes laws not want to have law enforcement officers enforce the laws they create? You come to your own conclusion. And this is where we are today. The lilies are running the asylum. We're in a very dangerous situation. And I read this article about this young man. Nobody knows his name. His name is Horace Lorenzo Anderson, Jr. And he was killed because of a mayor who didn't have the decency and the morality to bring an end to CHOP. And he wasn't the only one killed. The question is, what are we doing, folks? What in the world are we doing? We need to hold these politicians accountable. I hope that all of you will go to Front Page Magazine, frontpagemag.com, and pick up my article, and please forward it to everybody you can. It's called Attacks on Law Enforcement or Attacks on America. The subtitle, The Democratic Party Has Morphed into the Deathocrat Party. <clears throat> has a catchy sound, doesn't it? The Deathocrat Party. Death to America and Iran, by the way. Some of their leaders are saying, look at that. For years we've been chanting Death to America. And now we've got American kids chanting death to America. Stop and think about that. These kids who are out there, they have no idea about the real world. They think they've been educated because they went to some school where their parents had to write a check for God knows $100,000. And basically they were being taught how to finger paint and, and play in the sandbox. They think they're educated. There was this one whack loon I don't know if you saw the video, screaming at the cops in Lower Manhattan. I think it was a young man. I'm not quite sure the jury is sort of out. He was not wearing a shirt. Strange character. Screaming at the cops that they were illiterate and didn't go to these schools that he went to, so who are they to tell him how to do anything? My God, I'd like to see the train wreck that produced that kid. I'd love to know what his parents look and sound like. God help us all. Being a parent is the most serious job anybody has. I was on a radio show not long ago, and the host asked me what, I was, what was I most proud of, and I think he was expecting me to talk about one of my investigations. And I surprised the host. I said, I'm most proud of being the father to four wonderful kids. They're adults now. And you could see that it kind of took him by surprise. He wasn't expecting it, and he said, wow, I never would have thought of that, but he said, I guess you're right. That is the most important job, isn't it? I said, you bet. 
Most of those kids that are out there don't know how to, to take care of themselves. They don't know how to think for themselves. And they use phrases that make it impossible to have to have a debate. Say something they don't like, and what do they say? Hate speech. I'm not going to talk to you. That's hate speech. When you do that, really, you're incapable of posing an argument to counter what you're hearing that you disagree with. That's the beauty of debate. You have to think on your feet, and it has to be fact-based, and you have to be able to articulate why you take one position over another position based on available information. That's the reasoning process. Albert Einstein brilliantly said, I mean, lots of what he said was brilliant, let's face it, but he said something that really stuck. He said, concepts are more important than facts. Now, what does that mean? It's all well and good to say, well, Columbus discovered America in 1492. That's a fact. It's more significant to understand how he came to the conclusions about whether or not he came here and when he came here and so forth. Or you could, deter, you could tell somebody, oh, I know the speed of light. You know, I started studying astronomy back when I was in third grade. I've always been a science nut. And I just love when people say to me, you don't believe in climate change. You don't believe in science. No, I believe in superstition. I'm out there, you know. Um, with a cauldron and, and throwing bat's ears in the cauldron. I, I mean, give me a break, superstition. There are so many facts uh, that go against this notion of climate change being caused by humans principally. There are so many elements to that. I was just watching one of the science programs and learned something new, and that's my goal is to try to learn at least one new thing a day. Now, here's two things you may not know. The earth gets the seasons because the axis of the earth is tilted about 23 and a half degrees from the vertical so as we orbit around the sun the earth is tilted and the sun's rays either hit us more directly or less directly causing seasons but the earth wobbles a bit so when the earth wobbles a little bit more or a little bit less it changes the average temperature of the earth the orbit around the sun isn't fixed and sometimes the orbit gets altered a bit by the gravitational tugging from Jupiter and Venus. Didn't realize that. And it can change the Earth's position relative to the sun by enough that, again, the temperature of the Earth can go up or go down, the average temperature. The Earth has gone through a whole bunch of ice ages and then thawed out, and part of it is that. And then you've got volcanoes that spew materials into the atmosphere. The sun is a variable star. We could go into all of these other factors. So, you have to go and look at the science. But these nitwits that are out there because they've been indoctrinated, not to question anything, just do as they're told. They're good automatons. They're good little robots. Good little robots. And they're told the way it is, and they say, okay, yes, that's the way it is. No freedom of speech. No freedom of thought. Forget the age of enlightenment. This is the age of dumbness. And they immediately say, well, if you disagree, you don't believe in science. If you use that word, that's hate speech, so we're not going to talk about it. You can't use the word alien because that's hate speech. Well, the word alien just means any person that is citizen or national of the United States. Where's the hate? No, 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 it's hate speech. I don't want to hear it. And they put their fingers in their ears and they scream. And maybe they have a microaggression and they fall down and cry, and then they look for a little puppy they can hug because they've been traumatized. This is what's out there demonstrating today. It's almost laughable, but it's tragic and it's dangerous. These people aren't educated. They're indoctrinated. They can't think independently. Independent free thought gives them a case of the willies. 
Oh, my God, think. Oh, I can't think. I just know how I'm supposed to react. React without thinking. Brilliant. Why did you waste your time and your parents' money? You could have been serving hamburgers because that's all you're going to be qualified to do with, with that worthless degree anyway. My dad was a tradesman, and he said, if you're going to go to college, do something useful. You know, become an engineer, become a doctor, become an accountant, become a scientist, become a biologist. He said, that makes sense. I, I love people who major in women's studies. Between you and me, folks, I, I studied women's studies, but only on weekends when I went to college. Uh, that probably makes me some kind of a horrible person because we're not supposed to tell jokes about stuff anymore either. We have collectively lost our senses of humor and we've lost our minds. These kids that are out there creating damage and havoc need to be reined in. Their parents didn't do it. Law enforcement needs to do it. Could cops do their job better? Everybody can do their job better. But to turn around and vilify the 99% of law enforcement officers who go about their jobs professionally and properly and fairly is undone by a couple of nincompoop cops that do things they shouldn't do. Being a police officer, being a federal agent is a very serious job. It's one of the most serious jobs you can have. And unlike doctors, while law enforcement officers make life and death decisions, doctors generally bury their mistakes. Agents don't. Cops don't. They can be buried. I've been to too many funerals of former colleagues who had a very bad day at work. My friend Everett Hatcher, DE agent killed in Staten Island by an Italian mobster, Gus Ferracci, had a very bad day at work. I was with him three hours before he took two bullets to the back of his head. There are other people in law enforcement, police officers and so forth. Uh, and you're not the same. You lose them. It's a tough job. And now we're asking them to go out there and they're being told that we're going to try to pass the law so that anybody could sue you for anything. Now, please understand something. If a law enforcement officer out, acts outside his or her lawful parameters, they go off the reservation, they can be sued, and they should be. But there are politicians, including a couple of Republicans, who actually want to be able to sue a law enforcement officer no matter what. Don't shield them from, from lawsuits. So I guess if, if a cop gives somebody a parking ticket or a speeding ticket, they could be sued for traumatizing the poor person that was going 90 miles an hour in a school zone. Is this really where we're going with this? And these are the people that we depend on to keep our communities and our children safe? Think about what the Democrats have done. If you really want equality, and that should be everyone's goal, folks, it really should, then equality starts with opportunities for success. Opportunities for success generally require opportunities for good education. And I know that there are conservatives who disagree with me, but on some issues I'm not a conservative. I don't like labels. We've got to stop labeling each other. And this crap about, you know, black voters, Latino voters, Jewish voters, that garbage has to go out the window. Because that, that only feeds into this madness. If you want to look at demographics, it's okay to talk about people who are retired versus people who are starting out people who are married versus people who are single and have no children. 
people who have college degrees and people who dropped out of high school, people who live on farms and people who live in the cities. These are reasonable demographics. Black voter and Latino voter garbage has got to stop. But if you, if you want to have equality, then what we really need is to make sure that American kids, irrespective of color, if they're living in poverty and they have the ability, they should be entitled to get a free education if they maintain a grade point average. I think this would be a wonderful thing to do. Think about it. Many of the airline pilots worked for the military. They got free pilot training by enlisting in the Air Force or the Navy. They got that training. They, they did a hitch of seven, eight, nine years, whatever the deal was. Maybe they re-upped for a few more years. So America got the pilots that we need for our security. And then at some point they said, well, we've had enough of this. I'm going to go work for the airlines. So the airlines get these superbly trained pilots. Uh, if you can think of Sully, the guy that landed that airplane on the Hudson, he was a military pilot. And look how cool he was and how many lives he saved when he brought that airplane with, with the engines that were destroyed by the birds into a smooth landing on the Hudson River. Guy couldn't have done it better. Everyone walked away from that airplane alive. Great pilots, great training. He didn't pay for that training. The military gave him the training, and then he was able, after he completed his, his tour with the military, to become a commercial pilot for the airlines. Well, if we can do that for airline pilots, we could do something very similar for engineers and biologists and chemists and computer programmers and stop flooding America with foreign workers who displace Americans. I have nothing against bringing in truly uniquely qualified foreign nationals, people like Elon Musk, who's been doing amazing things between SpaceX and all of his other projects. I'm happy he's here. I'm for legal immigration, but not for flooding America with so many foreign workers that Americans don't stand a chance. The Labor Department used to run the immigration service. What we should be doing is making certain that, as we used to do, that foreign workers don't displace American workers. And that's what Trump is trying to do now, especially because of COVID. So there's this Democrat congresswoman who had served in the military, Duckworth from Illinois, the senator, complaining, oh, my gosh, the president is stopping optional practical training for foreign students. That's not a good thing. We need these people to work here. Hey, Duckworth, I think this woman is quacking up, if you ask me. We've got to stop this nonsense. And the reason she's probably as upset about it is I'm sure that some university is giving her money in her campaign or in the Democrat campaign so that they can get all these foreign students in here to pay the tuition so that they can then take jobs that Americans should be taking. Putting Americans first shouldn't be controversial. It's not controversial that you put your children first, ladies and gentlemen. Why is it controversial for a country to put its citizens first? That's all that we're talking about. And that is why Trump is being accused of being a bigot and a racist and a hater. Put Americans first. Go through those tough neighborhoods. And those tough neighborhoods are expanding. Homelessness is expanding. Violence is expanding. Crime is expanding. Not enough police. Now they're cutting the funding for police. They're turning gang members loose. And they knew that we were going in the wrong way. When they started, the Democrats started to create sanctuary cities. I said, oh, my goodness. Why in the world would you not want to prevent people from, who are here illegally from being deported by immigration agents? 
We used to work with the cops. It was a very effective, you know, part of our work. We'd work with them. They worked with us. We helped to keep the streets safe, and we helped to secure the country. And if you look at the 9-11 Commission report, and it's really frustrating because I've testified before so many of those hearings. My wife, you know, said to me during a conversation the other day, she said, boy, that's something looking back at, you know, the memories you have of being before Congress. I said, I feel as I wasted my time. I, I don't recall the number offhand. It's somewhere between 15 or 17 hearings. And then there were additional hearings where I wasn't asked to testify, but I was invited to provide a deposition that became part of the congressional record. And that was, I think, three or four more hearings on top of it. I was told that I, I hold some kind of a record. And I'm not looking to be in the record books, but it, it was gratifying to think that I was working to help make America a better country, to help to protect the jobs and the lives of Americans. I mean, does it get better than that? You would like to think that's why politicians are elected into office, but it seems not so much. They're there to get the bribes that they're being paid by the political campaign contributors. So this is an employer-employer relationship, isn't it? Think about it. You work for a boss. The boss tells you what to do in the morning, and you do it. And at the end of the week or at the end of every other week, your boss gives you a paycheck or they make a deposit in your bank account. And you get that pay because you did what you were told. So it's an employer-employer relationship. Now think about the contributors. Why do you think they're writing these checks to the politicians? Because they are employing the politicians. Those politicians don't work to represent us, folks. Neither party. They work for the contributors who make it possible for them to win the election. Think about it. Do you wonder why we're screwed up? Because they're all being bribed. I couldn't take a cup of coffee on duty. I couldn't take a cup of soda, a glass of soda. The most I could accept on duty was a glass of ice water. That was it. There was no ambiguity. Take more than that, and you'll be investigated by internal investigations. Same thing for the military. Same thing for police officers. Not allowed to accept gifts. But campaign contributions, well, that's another story, isn't it? So you've got these politicians doing everything they can to make it impossible for Americans to succeed. They're killing off the middle class. So you go into these terrible neighborhoods and you see people living in abject poverty and squalor, violence everywhere, living in buildings that should be condemned, including public housing. They're a disgrace. No heat, no hot water, sometimes for weeks. Imagine living that way. And then if you want to destroy the country, you convince people living in poverty that they're in that spot because they're the wrong color. That's not the case. It's that the politicians want to keep people under their thumb so they can control them. These politicians are the ultimate control freaks. They want to play Simon Says with consequences, and they're Simon. So they tell you what to do, and you don't do it, they got you. These are probably people that when they went to their parents, the parents wouldn't give them the right time of day. Never forget that abused children become abusive parents, okay? So they become politicians so they can push people around. Look at the flotsam and jetsam that sits on those days. Now, there's a couple of good politicians. You know, let, let's be fair. There are a number of senators who I think are good. There's some congressmen. I don't know of any Democrats off the top of my head, however, and I'm registered as a Democrat. Where have we gone? How have we allowed this to happen? 
America is celebrating its Independence Day tomorrow. As Americans, we need to celebrate our Independence Day from these crooked politicians on Election Day. We need to vote these thugs out of office. And I don't care if they're with the hopping kangaroo party. This isn't a left-right issue. Any politician who votes to defund the police or demoralize the police needs to be removed. Anybody who opposes border security needs to be removed. There was an article, and this is really important. Drugs do such destruction, folks. Drugs do such incredible destruction to people's lives. And there was an article, AOL posted this um, two days ago, July 1st. AOL, and it was an NBC News report. And the report was Italian police seized 14 tons of amphetamines with possible ISIS link. We know that Iran, Hezbollah, is working throughout Latin America with human traffickers and drug smugglers. President Trump said, let's build the border wall. Everybody stopped them. The Republicans didn't want to give them the money. The Democrats didn't want to give them the money. So we used military funding, which I think is entirely appropriate, because this is nothing less than national security, and a judge just recently ruled that he had no right to do that. Too bad. Most of the part of the wall that we were talking about is up, and I'm sure he's going to go to the Supreme Court, and God only knows what Roberts is going to do, but first things first. I remember when I was on with Lou Dobbs many years ago, and Lou was at CNN. I was a fixture on the program. I was on with Lou at least once a week, sometimes two or three times a week, and he was using my articles on air as, as copy, but without attribution, so be it. They were talking about building, building a, a fence, a virtual fence, SBI net, Secure Border Initiative Network. Boy, does that sound military or what? I could see General Patton standing there, you know, Secure Border Initiative Network, my backside. And Lou, as only Lou could, asked me, he says, Mike Cutler, what do you think of SBI net, the virtual fence? And I said, Lou? It will do exactly what it was designed to do, stop virtually nobody. And that's what it was designed to do. They did studies about the effectiveness of drones on the border, and they're almost worthless, but they cost a ton of money. One drone, one of those big monster drones, costs more than four helicopters with agents on board. How do I know? I was talking to a Border Patrol pilot about the situation on the border. Why did they do it? Because the companies that give the campaign contributions get the contracts to provide the stuff to the government so the money goes round and round, right? It's like that song about the music goes round and round. Well, here the money goes round and round. And meanwhile, it's a magic act because the border doesn't get secured because nobody wants a secure border. Banks love the drugs flowing into America because they get to move the money around. They get a fee. Banks are moving companies for money, aren't they? If we're so concerned about crime and innocent lives, why are there no commercials warning people about the dangers of drugs? Cigarette commercials have been very effective. The rate of people smoking cigarettes has went through the floor. Boom, it's gone. Very few people smoke anymore. When was the last time you saw a good commercial warning, especially young people, about the danger of taking drugs as a solution to their problems? I can't remember the last time. The only commercials we get to see about drugs are the drugs that they, you can't pronounce and you need a prescription, but it'll solve some problem for you if it doesn't make your ears and, and, and your nose and your left eyebrow fall off and stop your heart. And then the other commercials are from the law firms 
that promised to help you sue the company that sold you the drugs that made your earlobes pop off the side of your head. Those are the drug commercials. Nothing about the dangers of using drugs. Why? Because that is a measure of just how corrupt America has become. People who die in America are speed bumps. They're collateral damage. And the politicians are out there, and the Democrats are doing nothing to push back against the destruction of monuments. And by the way, I understand why people don't like some of those statues. I never understood why generals on the other side were being celebrated. You would have thought that if they they fought against the Union, they were being traitors to the Union. But that's the way it is. So people are now saying we want the statues down. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But there is a legal process. But that's not what we're getting. We're getting a mobocracy. The mob comes out, and these are just a small number of very loud people, small number of loud people. And the politicians are kowtowing either because they're scared, which is true. There's very few leaders in politics. Most of these people are cowards. They know they couldn't hold down a real job, some of them. And I also believe that some of them want the mob to do what they're doing because they want to get into their cozy positions for life, just the way Putin did. Putin just changed the Constitution so he could succeed himself, I think, for like the next 20 years. They did the same thing in China. I, I, I guess, you know, Chuck and, and, and Nancy and, and, and um, all these other clowns on the, side, on the left would like to keep their jobs forever. Although Nancy looks as old as forever, doesn't she? But that's another story for another day. But all all seriousness here, you have people in positions of power that we voted to uphold the Constitution, defend the Constitution, defend our great country, protect our great citizens, and they're betraying their oaths of office, and they could care less. We need to make them accountable. If a bunch of raucous nitwits can get the attention of the politicians as easily as these rioters had. Well, there's tens of millions of Americans, and I don't tell you we need to riot. We don't. No rioting, peacefully. But we should be out there marching, and we should be out there protesting, and we should be out there picketing, and we should be out there sending emails and making phone calls and talking to our neighbors and stay away from the personalities. Just deal with the facts. And just do it by asking questions. Ask questions. Do you feel safe now that they're defunding the police? Does that make you feel safer? Is this a good thing? Are you happy that your kids go to school now and there's fewer police to keep an eye out? Is it okay that they've taken police officers out of the schools, resource officers? We have amnesia in this country. We had these terrible shootings in the schools. We put resource officers in the school to defend the children against that possibility. And schools are also prime targets of terrorists. Look what happened in Russia, happened in other countries. So it makes sense to have police officers, resource officers, whatever you want to call them, in the schools to protect the children, our most valuable resource. But we've got to take the cops out of the schools. The cops are evil. The cops are dangerous. The cops want to kill people. By having police in the school, the kids interact with them on a day-to-day basis. They understand that they're their friends, that they're there to help them. What a wonderful way for children to be oriented towards law enforcement. Oh, can't do that anymore. The cops are the bad guys. They're evil. Right. And the people that shot that shot that young man, Lorenzo, they're good guys, right? 
they're good guys. We've lost our minds. We need to get involved on all levels of government. Like it or not, folks, we've got to do it. This is the work Americans have to do. And if we don't do it, look at the direction that we're headed. Look at the trajectory that we're headed. Is this the direction you want for America? Is this what you want for your children? Is this what you want for your grandchildren? That's really what we're talking about. America is a unique country. There was never a country in the history of our species like America. It's made terrible mistakes. Yes, we had slavery in America. We don't any longer. I remember doing a debate about immigration, and this Nimrod, I believe it was from the ACLU or LULAC or one of those outfits, had said to me, what do you think of the Chinese exclusion law? I almost fell out of my chair. To the best of my recollection, the Chinese exclusion law, which was racist, let's be clear about it, ended, I believe, in the early 1920s, roughly 100 years ago. This was maybe 10 years ago. So it was 90 or, 90 or 85 years earlier. That law ended long before I was born, long before I got my immigration badge. So they tried to turn the debate about immigration and border security into a discussion about racist Chinese exclusion laws, which had ended three quarters of a century earlier. That's the game. America can never be good because we used to have slaves. So did every other country. Think about it. Endorsing America is not an endorsement of slavery. We fought the Revolutionary War. But the imbeciles tore down Ulysses S. Grant's statue. Think about that one. Talk about not reading history. Grant opposed Lee. Grant was the guy who put his life on the line and dedicated his life to opposing slavery, so they pulled his statue down. Brilliant move. Absolutely brilliant. Because this isn't about slavery. This is about the destruction of the United States of America. Get rid of the history, you get rid of the country. That's exactly what Orwell had said. History is so important in every area of study. I want you to think about something. I've always talked about my love of astronomy, and I think everyone should study astronomy for a bunch of things. It forces you to learn about science and math, and it teaches you how to use analogies because the distances are so great and time scale is so great. If you don't find analogies to bring it down to something you can wrap your brain around, you're never going to be able to understand it. Okay? So these are useful skill sets. It also teaches humility when you realize that all we are basically are microorganisms that inhabit a mode of dust called planet Earth that is suspended in the infinity of the universe. How big do you think you are? And how long is your life expectancy when you realize that the universe has been around for more than 13 billion years by, by current reckoning? But when you study astronomy, you're really studying history. Because when you look through a telescope and you look at the stars, you're seeing them as they existed thousands or millions or billions of years ago. When you look at the sun, and don't do it because you'll burn your eyes, not good. But the sun isn't really, you're not seeing it in real time. You're seeing it as it was eight and a half minutes ago because it takes eight and a half minutes for light to get to the Earth. So when you look further out into space, the Hubble telescope, and there's going to be more telescopes launched, and, and you look at all these telescopes, they're time machines. Because if you're looking at a galaxy that's 5 billion light years away, what it really means is that light's 
started to come here five billion years ago. We're first seeing it now. So astronomy, in a very real sense, is a study of history. Archaeology, you're digging into the ruins to see how people lived thousands of years ago. It's a study of history. You have no way of knowing who you are or where you're going if you don't know where you came from. When we study evolution, it's about understanding how life first was created. It's history. And what are these geniuses with those wonderful educations trying to do? They want to obliterate history. And we saw this play out in the Middle East with ISIS, didn't we, and the Taliban blowing up the statues, blowing up the buildings. These are people who are spoiled brats. They're throwing a temper tantrum, and they need to be put in the corner. They need to have little dunce caps glued onto their heads, and they need to hear a word that their parents probably never used. No, absolutely not. Are you serious? No. And that's what they need to be told. Go home, go to your room, and sit in the corner with a dunce cap because they're idiots. The only bigger idiots are the politicians who lack the balls to stand up to them or who size with them and are on the same page and need to be booted out of office and the quicker the better. That's something for you to contemplate as we celebrate the birth of America and the independence of our great nation this weekend. We've really got to get involved. The clock is ticking. Time's not on our side. The elections are coming. Elections have consequences. I really hope you will take the time to read my article at Front Page Magazine. If you like my article, I ask that you kindly put the link on Facebook. Send an email to everybody you know, especially the people that disagree with you, and say, look, we're entitled to disagree. That's our birthright as Americans. That's what the First Amendment is about, the right to disagree but disagree peaceably. Just look at this and see if maybe it makes some sense to you that what we're doing is stupid and wrong and it's getting people hurt and it's getting children killed. We've got to get the message out there. That's why I want all of you to be part of what I call my bucket brigade of truth. As John Adams said, facts are stubborn things. The destruction of statues, the destruction of America is not going to lead to freedom. It will lead to tyranny. Because waiting in the wings of China, Iran, Russia, if God forbid China became in charge of the United States, what do you think would happen to those noisy kids who are in dire need of a shower? They would disappear, probably forever. They have no idea. They are clueless. They are clueless. They're coming of age, and they want to feel important. They want to feel relevant. All they are is being stupid, and we need to stand up to them. We need some real adults. We need real adults to stand up to these children and say to them, okay, You've had your opportunity to misbehave. Knock it off. Mayor de Blasio needs to be voted out. We need to petition him. What they're doing is setting a very dangerous precedent. And the precedent is that if you riot and threaten violence, you'll get what you want. You know, when the Iranians seized the U.S. Embassy in Tehran back in 78, I believe it was, one of the people seized was a a guy I had worked with. He was the resident security officer there, a real, real gutsy guy. We worked together on some fraud passport cases. We had shared jurisdiction. 
And we were brought in for a meeting by, by our bosses here in New York. Immigration agents were brought in. And we were told, listen, if there's ever a hostage situation anywhere in the world, we don't negotiate with hostage takers. Because if you do it, if you negotiate with hostage takers, if you negotiate with terrorists, you're serving them with notice that all they have to do to get their way is to take more people captive. And then they can use them as bargaining chips. So we don't bargain with terrorists. They gave us strategies to use so that we would be less likely to be killed. They said it's really important for the hostage takers to know that you're a person, that you have photos in your wallet of your children, your, your, your dog, your cat, that you're more than just an American, but you're actually a person with family and, and, and so forth. And this goes back to the whole thing with the Stockholm Syndrome, those of you familiar with it. So the idea was this is how you survive by humanizing yourself as much as possible to your adversaries. The demonstrators are dehumanizing the police, and they're doing it for the same purpose, to make it easier for kids and people to disrespect the police, to create a mob, and crooked politicians are thrilled because politicians that are on the take don't want law enforcement officers out there because they know that given circumstances, their filth may be detected. I wonder how many people right now are shaking in their boots because of the arrest of Epstein's girlfriend, procuro, whatever you want to call that piece of work. G's Lane, whatever. So they're not happy with the FBI. They're not happy with the prosecutors if they had any dealings with these pedophiles. Dirty people don't like badges, you see. So you got to wonder how many politicians are looking at the cops and saying, you know, those cops are a threat. Because if they're out there doing their job, they might find out what we've been doing here. Think about that. Think how many politicians go to jail every year because they're crooked. The antidote to corruption is law enforcement, effective law enforcement. That's the reason that they always want to change immigration laws, but they never want to hire more agents because they certainly don't want agents out there digging around and finding the crooked employers, the crooked lawyers, and the crooked politicians who are their enablers. Give that some thought this weekend. I want you to know it's always great to join you at the end of the week to play the game of catch-up. Uh, I hope that you will check out my article at Front Page Magazine. Also go to Team DML. Maybe you'd like to sign up. I do uh, twice-a-week podcasts for Team DML at dmlnews.com. But no matter what you do this weekend, I hope you all have a good 4th of July. I hope you have a safe, and enjoyable celebrations. Um, stay well, stay safe. Please remember that democracy is not a spectator sport. And uh, join me again next week right here on the Michael Cutler Hour. So long for now, folks. Be well.